Okay, so I've been meaning to do this for a long time, and I just haven't really gotten organized and figured out a structure for it, but I'm going to start dissecting films, TV shows, and books more often. I've done them before on the podcast, but just it's been a long time, and I haven't done them very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I haven't been very consistent about it, but that's going to change now, because I think if we can pinpoint things that work really well for us in other people's work whether those be you know movies or books or plays or whatever it is even songs then and then we can dissect it and figure out why it works then apply that to our own work meaning not copy it but how can I do something similar in my own story that I'm working on then that can really help us grow as writers so that's what we're going to start doing Um, I'm going to do them hopefully once a week, but if not that, at least more often throughout the month. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to stop doing writing tips like my other episodes are. I'm going to do both. I'm going to try to get uh, a little more prolific on my podcast. Let's put it that way. Okay. Hi there, aspiring fiction author. Welcome to Fiction Author Business School. Do you want to write your stories with ease and confidence? Do you find yourself Googling how to write a fiction book or how to write a character arc? If you want to create a fiction empire, but you can't even finish the story you're currently working on, and you find yourself doubting it will even be good enough, hi, I'm Liesl. I too have been writing stories since I was just a kid. I wanted to do something about my fiction writing dreams, but got information overload every time I looked for writing help, because there's just so much out there on the internet. I wanted confidence that I wouldn't disappoint my readers, and a plan to publish regularly. I knew the foundation of any author career, including the marketing aspect, is a stellar and well-written story, but I didn't know how to be sure that my story was solid. I went on a journey to figure out what really makes readers tick and how to incorporate those addictive elements into my story. In this podcast, you'll find specific tactical fiction writing tips, solutions to writing more words more efficiently, and secrets to mastering your author mindset. So put on your fuzzy slippers, grab a notebook and pen and some chocolate, and let's write some fiction. So I love dissecting things. Like I said, one of my favorite things to do is when I have an emotional reaction to something that I'm either reading or watching, I tend to stop and say, okay, what did the writers just do? Why did that work? And then I think about how I could maybe do that in the story I'm working on. So today we're going to start with something pretty standard. I'm going to use the 10 plot points, uh, which is my kind of proprietary method for figuring out the plot of a story, and we're going to show where they are in the film Titanic. Uh, Titanic was one of the most successful movies of its time, and there's a lot of reasons for that. You could you could look at many different elements for why it was successful. I mean, it was about a major tragedy that happened in history, and one that, I don't know, I don't know about you guys, but my experience of it was that I always learned about the Titanic when I was in grade school. It was this big ship that sunk, and it was this big tragedy, but nobody really told us what it was about or what happened other than just the ship sank, you know? And so when I remember when this film came out or that, you know, there was chatter about this film about the Titanic coming out. Um, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that, you know, hearing about that in school, this, the ship that sunk, you know, but I, we had no idea what it would actually be. And so I think part of the reason that the film was so successful is that it put emotion into something that was always just kind of, for a lot of people, a footnote in history. And it put a lot of emotion in it. Okay. It was very successful because the storytelling and the emotion of the characters was on point and the tragedy, right? They did a really, really good job with it. Okay. So there was that, of course, there was the fame of DiCaprio. His star was on the rise at the time. And so we had all of the, uh, Uh, DiCaprio worship by the teenagers going on, right? Okay, we have the fact that James Cameron is known for having extreme attention to detail, and that really works well for film 
too. Okay, so all of that is true. I'm not saying there was only one reason the film was successful. However, I can tell you that if the story had still sucked, despite all of those things, the film still would have tanked, okay? That's just the way it is. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed this, but very often we get Hollywood really pushing films that they want to do well. They'll have the actors talk about them. They'll have the writers talk about them. They'll get um, influencers, if you will. I mean, sometimes they're online influencers. Sometimes it's like Oprah, you know, whoever it is to really push that film. And then sometimes it still tanks. And the reason is because, you know, maybe the artistry was there, but if the story isn't there and the audience cannot connect with it, it's still not going to do well, okay? So you have to understand that the story is everything. The characters, the transformation, all of that has to be there or the audience is not going to connect with it and it's not going to do well. So while those other things are definitely important and it's it's a package deal, we all know this with our books, okay? We can have an awesome story and if there's a million typos, readers still aren't going to like that, okay? But the point is we can throw all the money in the world at ads. We can have perfectly edited um, manuscripts, but if the readers cannot connect with the story on an emotional level, we're still not going to sell as many of them as we would like, Okay. So I'm going to do a quick review of the 10 plot points and then I will show you how Titanic has every single one of them and that's one of the main reasons that the film was so successful. Um, if you want to get a copy of a PDF of the 10 plot points, I have it. It's free. You just have to download it at bit.ly forward slash 10 plot. So one zero and then P-L-O-T. Make sure and capitalize the P. Uh, otherwise, it will give you a error for 404. Um, but I will also put that in the show notes if you want to click on it, okay? So the 10 plot points, here we go. They are, number one, the world before. That is the baseline of where the characters are when the story starts, but before the real big adventure happens. Then there's the intro of conflict. This means that something, some new information or experience is introduced into the character's world, but the kicker here is that they, it doesn't really change much for them, okay? They, they're still in their same mindset, on their same path that they were before. So they get this new information and it's interesting, but nothing really changes. Then you have the intro of conflict. That's when everything starts to change. You know, they get kicked out of their old life and into kind of a new adventure. Then there's the early story escalation. Basically, we're just gonna twist the screws. Something big happens that makes things worse or perhaps more adventurous. Then we have the turning point that tends to come right around the center of the story. Generally, this means that plans have changed. Whatever the character was doing up to this point, um, they kind of ex-nay that and they come up with a new plan and they tend to be more proactive the second half of the story. Then we have the late story escalation. Again, this is just a tightening of the screws. Things go wrong. Um, very often there's a tragedy at this point if that's the kind of story you're telling. Um, somebody dies, uh, they lose a battle, maybe something they've been wanting for a long time, they don't get it, you know, a big disappointment, something like that. Then we have the climactic moment, or what I like to call the climactic face-off, but it's just the climax of the story where they're going to face, uh, come face-to-face -face with, what, with whatever the major antagonist or villain of the story is. Uh, within the climactic moment, we have uber despair, which is where they're pretty sure that they're going to lose everything. Then there's a light bulb realization where they realize how they can triumph. And then there is the resolution where they actually do triumph. Okay.
So how can we find these in Titanic? Now, first, let me say that Titanic is a very long, very sprawling story. So you could probably find multiple examples of each one of these plot points within the film. I'm going to focus mostly on Rose because she's the main character and, you know, Jack's in a secondary way. But you could find these. There's so many little stories going on on the Titanic, right? There's her mother. There's her fiance. There's the captain. There's uh, the third class passengers in general are almost like an amalgamation of a single character. Same with the first class passengers. Um, and then, of course, there are other little side stories that go on with the different people on the Titanic who aren't main characters and we don't really hear much about, but we see them kind of in the background throughout the story and then we see how they end and mostly in tragedy. Okay, so just keep that in mind. Just because you don't maybe agree with me about one of these, that's perfectly fine. You can find a lot of examples of them in the film. And before I go any further, I'm sorry if there's some background noise today. There's a lot. <laughs> I'm uh, recording this in the middle of the day, which I don't usually do. So there's a lot going on right outside the room where I'm recording. You might hear a bell. That's my uh, stepmom's dog. She's got a bell on her collar. So sorry if anything's a little distracting. Okay. So onto the Titanic. The world before, which is the first plot point. This is when we just see the characters before the, the real action starts. Jack is carefree, but he's also alone. And he's living kind of a... Um, nomadic existence, right? It's not a bad thing. It's just where he's at. Rose, on the other hand, is trapped in an oppressive world and an engagement she does not want. Okay, that's how the that's how they start. That's the world before. Next, we have the intro of conflict. I think in both cases, the intro of the conflict is getting onto the ship, onto the Titanic. Now, remember I said that the intro of conflict doesn't really change their world, and it really doesn't. At least it doesn't change much for the characters. Yes, they're getting on a ship, they're changing locations, but Jack is still his carefree self, and Rose is still trapped in this engagement she doesn't want. Going to America is not going to change that for her. It's just how she's getting there, okay? So there's something new in their world, for sure, getting on the ship, but it's not the call to adventure, not yet. Um... The call to adventure, I think, comes when they meet for the first time and when Rose tries to commit suicide. Obviously, jumping off the ship would have changed her existence a little bit, okay? But the point is, meeting each other is what's going to end up changing both of them. So this is really the call to adventure. And part of it is that they have completely different class system systems that they're from. So... For Jack, it's, you know, kind of the danger of maybe courting a woman who is above his station and that he could get in trouble for that. And for Rose, it's not so much that she would get in trouble as it would be seen as unsuitable, right? So that's your real call to adventure that catapults them into the adventure of their romance. Because really, at its core, Titanic is a romance that just happens to be a historical romance. It's set against the backdrop of the tragedy of the Titanic. But really, we're looking at a romance story. Um, all right, so then we, the next plot point is the early story escalation. I believe this comes when she changes her mind, says she does, and tells him to leave her alone and that she's going to stay with Cal. All right, so this is just something that kind of turns the screws, makes things not as good. It's a wrinkle, right, in their happily ever after. So that's the early story escalation, but it does get resolved pretty quickly. Um, the turning point. Now, a lot of you, I think, would say that the turning point might be hitting the iceberg. I'm here to tell you it's not, because remember... The story of the Titanic and the tragedy of it, while you might be able to find these plot points for the ship itself, and I would almost encourage you to do that as an exercise because it's kind of fun, um, we're talking about the romance, right? And remember that the turning point is always when they kind of change direction and their, their plans change. You know, they're probably more proactive, the second part of the story. So for Rose and Jack, the turning point is when she says she's getting off the boat with him, okay? Everything has changed, they're in love. I believe at that point they had already slept together and she says, I'm done with my old life, I'm coming with you. 
Um, and she has made up her mind to do that. Okay, it's a turning point for her. Her life is never going to be the same. She's never going to go back to what it was, and it's her choice to do that. Okay, that's a big part of the turning point is it's not something acting upon her that she's just reacting to. It is her being proactive and making a decision. All right, then we get the late story escalation. This, my friends, is when they hit the iceberg because at this point, Rose and Jack are heading on a straight line to their happily ever after. Everything's good, right, in the romance department. Then they hit a wrinkle. They hit the iceberg, ship's going down. The climactic face-off. Again, there's a few different ways you could look at this. In terms of people, it might be Rose versus Cal because he is the antagonist to her specifically. And her turning her back on him could definitely be a climactic moment. But I'm going to argue that because the show is called Titanic and because it is set against the backdrop of Titanic, overall, this is a story of man versus nature or man versus, um, you know, something that is outside their control. So really, the climactic face-off is the showdown between the characters and the ship. So the climax, and I'm sure you would agree this is the most exciting high point of the story, is when the ship is actually going down and they're trying to stay on it and trying to stay alive. That's your climactic moment. All right, so the antagonistic force is actually the ship, or you could argue that it's the cold ocean that's trying to suck them in, okay? The Uber Despair. Again, it depends on which part of the show you're talking about. Um, I'm, I'm trying to do this for the film as a whole instead of in little parts and chunking it down. So you could probably find an Uber Despair and an AHA while the ship is going down you know i mean there's there's lots of uber despair let's face it there's people dying left right and center so there's plenty of it um and aha could be when jack realizes they've got to get on top of the railing and that's how they're going to survive okay that definitely um qualifies as a light bulb moment but overall the show overall i would say the climactic moment comes when the ship goes down and then we have them in the water and the uber despair is going to be jack's death um that's going to be for the overall show, for the overall character arc for Rose. That is the most despairing moment, right? And here's what's important about this. A lot of times when I teach the 10 plot points, I talk about the uber despair being when they think they're going to lose everything, and then they have the aha moment when they realize how they're going to triumph. Now, that's true, and I can illustrate how it's true here as well, but that is also an arc that ends happily. If you have something tragic going on in the end of your story, the uber despair can still be described as the tragedy, right? So Jack's death is the uber despair, but he's not going to come back to life and he's not going to survive. Okay, so there's there's a little bit of a wiggle room there. Um, the uber despair can be anything that makes the character sad, that makes them despair about something they're losing and something they're not going to gain. Now, this can still qualify, uh, Titanic, I mean, as something positive, even though she loses Jack, because even though she's not gaining a life with him, it's about her internal arc and what she gains. So I would, the way that I wrote this down is that Jack's death is the uber despair as she realizes she will not have a life with him. He's gone. But the light bulb realization is that she is strong and she can go on without him and live her life for both of them. And so she decides to survive. And that is very much an internal thing for her. So you can kind of see it either way and it happens both ways. Um, and then the resolution is not only that she does survive, you know, she blows the whistle and gets uh, brought onto the boat. But it's that she goes on to live her life to the fullest and live a very rich, rewarding, fulfilling life, uh, doing all the things that Jack taught her to do. So that becomes the resolution. All right. So this was obviously a very uh, simplified <laughs> version of Titanic. But I just wanted to do it to show you that every successful story out there especially the uber successful ones like Titanic, they have all of these points. 
They sometimes have multiple points. Like I said, lots of stories. One thing that I didn't even talk about is the present day story, which is Rose as an old woman and Bill Paxton trying to bring up wreckage from the Titanic. That's its own story that has its own 10 plot points, right? Um, but this is part of the human template for storytelling. It is the external part because I only really talked about the plot here. I talked about Rose's internal a little bit at the end, um, but it's the external part, the plot part of the human template for storytelling. And this is why these stories are so successful because humans naturally connect with stories like this. And then of course, with, you know, like I said at the beginning to reiterate, Titanic did a good job with the artistry, you know, they had the music and it had the, um, a lot of emotion in it. And obviously that's just as important. If you have the 10 plot points and no emotion, you're still gonna lose your reader. It has to be a package deal. But this is where you start to really create stories that readers will not be able to stop reading, okay? Because they need to know what's gonna happen next. They feel the escalations in the right place. They feel when things are going wrong, they get invested in the characters, they get invested in what's happening and they need to know how it's gonna turn out, okay? And it doesn't even matter whether it ends happily or sadly, your reader will go with you to the end of the story, okay? So uh, do me a favor and um, let me know what you thought about this and if you can identify any other plot points in Titanic, I promise you'll be able to identify quite a few um, via the different stories and what you think about this. Have you applied this to your own story? Have you applied this to your work in progress? Do you have all of these points? And of course, if you don't have it, make sure and go over to bit.ly forward slash 10 plot with a capital P and uh, get the PDF so that you have it as a reference and can use it whenever you want to, to dissect your favorite stories that you watch or read or to use it for your own works in progress, okay? And, you know, if you feel the need, you can go watch Titanic today if this made you want to be nostalgic and revisit it. I think it's on Netflix right now, so it's not too hard to watch. All right, that is it for today. Everyone have a wonderful week of writing and hopefully of story dissecting, just because it's fun. <laughs> and I will see you back here next week, same time, same place. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening today. Before you go, would you be willing to do me a solid? If you found any value at all in this episode today, would you be willing to share it with other authors just like you in the hopes that they might find some value in it as well? Happy story crafting this week. Remember, only you can bring the world the unique story that you are trying to tell. Only you can succeed in your own unique way in getting it out of your mind and your heart and into a medium where it can reach thousands if not millions of salivating readers. You don't have to worry about failure because there is always a market for awesome.